Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hope Show. The Mark Hope Show. Filled with wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fishfane. Joe DeFalco and your host, Mark Hoke. All right, and we are back for our number two of the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN 1015 FM 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas, the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. And we want to thank Tony Khan for taking time out to join us to get that interview in and learn a few things about what's going on with AEW. And and now we get to head into WWE land where things are just, well, they're crazy. It has been a another wild week with the fallout from the Royal Rumble as some numbers have come out and we had a little bit of uh, some interesting happenings on Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, but first, I wanted to hit you guys with this. And, of course, uh, Joe DeFalco, Andrew Fishfane. With us on the show, this is from WWE. They announced that the Royal Rumble for this year was WWE's highest grossing and most viewed Royal Rumble in company history, set an all-time gate record for more than $7.7 million, topping the 2017 Rumble by more than 50%. 50%. Viewership. Uh, 50, that was 50%. Viewership, 52% increase uh, versus the previous record. Uh, broke all-time venue merchandise and sponsorship records. Merchandise sales up 135% over the record set last year. Royal Rumble sponsorship revenue was up over 200%. Of course, we had the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, which didn't hurt. Social media, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn videos generated 20 million-plus views across all WWE platforms and became the most WWE viewed clip of 2023. The Logan well, 2023 Paul- is only a month old. That's well, I'm just, I'm just reading what it says. So I'll, I'll read it and then you can react. Um, additional highlights include Logan Paul and Ricochet's high flying collision amassed 26.5 million views. And uh, the launch of Roman Reigns, TikTok. Netted 100 followers in the first 24 hours. That's some pretty amazing stuff, guys. As you said, wrestling is very healthy right now. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a five-second clip, so I don't know what the 26 million views means monetarily, but, you know, see, that's why Vince McMahon's back. It, it's all due to him being back that all those <laughs> numbers are what they are. I need to hear him tell it it would be. Yeah, that that's an interesting take on it. But I, I think that one thing... When you when you dig into this, I think just the situation with the bloodline and the story and how this has all gone really has captivated wrestling audiences and is getting casual fans and people that may not be that interested in wrestling in the first place to maybe come into the fold a little bit. And that's all Triple H, right? I would say so. I mean, well, you know, and the one thing to say, you know, and and it's it's interesting when you you talk about you know who's whose fault or whose responsibility this is. Now, this storyline really started back 
in 2020 with with Jay and and Roman and Roman facing off when Jay won a a, a five way match to get a title shot. They wrestled a Clash of the Champions, then had the rematch at Hell, Hell in a Cell, Cell, which then you know, where he Roman was going to crush Jimmy. He was already hurt and he had Jimmy in the guillotine, and you know Jay submitted, and then that put them behind Roman for the bloodline, and off this whole thing went. And then the the interjection of Sammy, which was and supposed so, uh, to be just a few week thing, ended up you know, taking this thing to another level. Solo I, comes in. I I mean, say, so, yeah, Solo. I think Solo is a, a forgotten man as far as the bloodline goes, but is so important in the bloodline. Yeah, I, I mean this is this has been so well done, and it's I, been it's been so well done that uh, Sammy Zayn should be nominated for an Emmy Award for Best Supporting Actor at a TV show. At least, well, I, that's what Michael Cole said too. Yes, I, I'm gonna. I will say this that you know we've seen promos and segments done where it's just been absolutely miserable. I mean, this stuff is at least soap opera quality. I it, mean, it it's, is. They've been they've been doing a really good job. It's one of the most compelling stories I remember seeing in WWE. It's it's gonna be there forever. There's no question about it. And you know we saw it extended on SmackDown, and now they're gonna have an elimination chamber in a couple of weeks. And it's hard to believe that's just a couple of weeks away. I mean, they were uh, Roman and Sammy facing off for the title. One of the things that you know when Roman was the big heel, he was still getting cheered some, but at the Royal under the Royal Ram- Rumble. They were chanting "Fu Roman," right? And that to me was a huge move because that means they they were not for once not cheering him as the heel; they were actually booing him. Yeah, and you could hear it on SmackDown too that there was not a lot of uh, love for Roman Reigns in the building, and and that was that was definitely a, a different twist because, as you said, they've been cheering Roman so hard, even though he's the bad guy, right? Not anymore, no. And it's it's a fascinating twist. Joe, what are your thoughts on where everything is right now? My thoughts are, you know, it's amazing that for years we just bash WWE, the storylines. They don't they, – they are capable. The, the question is, are they willing to do it? And they, and they really decided on this one. And, again, maybe it was the momentum and they kept it going and kept it going, and maybe there was times they probably wanted to drop it, but it was so popular and it was so well done that it, I, I'm not even sure I can think of another time where I'm like, man, this was a really good storyline WWE put together. Like this one over – five, ten years is by far the best one because they created stars, and that's the most important thing. You know, the Usos, yeah, they, they, were, they were a great tag team, big deal. But now it's like they're on a different level. Roman Reigns, many people felt, man, this guy needs to be healed. They hate him. And by making him what he was, he became beloved. And then Sami Zayn steps in, and he's always been a marginal player. And then, you know, the Johnny Knoxville match, and he's the fun guy. And and he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. And now he's been made a superstar. And Solo comes up with little to no experience in NXT. And he's quickly considered a top guy. So that storyline wasn't about making Roman Reigns a star was about making five people a star. And that's like almost never been done. And I think a perfect example of this is you look back a year ago 
If you would have said, okay, Sami Zayn's going to challenge for the for the WWE title. Oh, I told you you were nuts. There was, not even that. It was, okay, he has no chance to win. Now going into Elimination Chamber, other than the fact that you th- we think Roman's got to defend against Cody at, at WrestleMania, you think, you know what? Sami has a legit shot to beat Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber. Right, but Cody Rhodes basically ruined it all by coming back. <laughs> it, it's It's like... We have to force this guy. I thought the, I wasn't there last week because I had my show, but I thought the rumble was terribly done. It was overly predictable. And it's like, okay, Cody's back. Let's instill him into this. And it's like, he should be nowhere near it right now. You know, they, they should let this play out. And it's like, well, Roman's defending against Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. But he's got a, he's got a match against Sami Zayn. So it's almost like we're... Oh, yeah, let's not worry about that because, you know, Reigns is going to win it. I think it takes away with the Cody Rhodes thing because it was like he had to win. It was predictable. This is what we're going to do. This was the contract. Cody's going to win. Cody's going to win. It's like I don't care about Cody Rhodes right now. You know, I, 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 want, the, I want this to play out with no end game of Cody Rhodes or The Rock against him when there's still stuff going on. And it, I, I think that takes away from it a little bit. 100%. And the other question, and this is a question I brought up to you last week, Mark, which was the whole idea of the Elimination Chamber is to crown a champion, but there's no champion involved in the Elimination Chamber. Because Roman's having the fun- United States. Yeah, I was surprised when they said that's going to be for the United States title. That I really was. I, 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 re- I felt... Like, you know, you would, there were some rumors going around that they were going to take one of the belts off Roman at in, in the Elimination Chamber match. And, and that might have been a really good way, if you were going to do it, to get it off him, one of those off him, without diminishing him. Taking him. A loss, right. And so I that tactic I question. I'm not sure where they're going with that. I mean, maybe you're well, how setting would, up. How are they going to do that? They were going to all of a sudden say, oh, only one. Of, after all this time, only one of the titles is up for grabs. I don't think they can do that at this point. Well, and this goes back to something we've discussed a lot was putting both belts on Roman. And, and this is the problem. And, and this is where this is where the issue is, is really you should have had Cody going. This would have been great if you had maybe had Seth Rollins. With one of those belts, well, and and sent Cody after him, and and, and, this, and and then you could have said, yeah, we got a great matchup here, or you know, or Brock or Bobby but, or but, somebody. But, but, but this is where Paul Heyman actually comes into play because if Roman, let's say Roman takes a loss to Sammy at Elimination Chamber, Heyman can say because he's the he's the legal counsel and he's he's the guy, he can go, you know, I slipped it in the contract that it was really only for one of the belts, not both, and that's how you can split the belts up. Even though no, well, you say you, you you've said that before, but the thing is, they're announcing it as a universal whatever uh, championship match. Now, after he loses, it's like, oh, only one was on the line. It was like, well, that, I mean, that, like I said, and that's and that's and that's where you bring in the Paul Heyman being the wise man. See, yeah, that's I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's. It's it, out of it. Yeah, it, it it's not a panacea, but that's the one way you can do it. And you were talking about, well, the Elimination Chamber is usually for... The heavyweight you know, title, yeah. That's what makes the right. Elimination Chamber so exciting. To be honest right. with you, but I don't care reason... if it's for the United States Championship. No, nobody does. But the thing is, because of the Cody Rhodes thing at Mania, 
they have to throw out the Sami Zayn match now because they're not going to do it after WrestleMania. So now all of a sudden they're forced within one month because of WrestleMania and what's going on there. It's like they have to give you Zayn and Reigns because it's never going to happen after that because Reigns is probably not going to be the champion. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got to do it at Elimination Chamber, and that's the only time we can do a singles match between them because we're not going to do it at SmackDown. So now they've they've cut off everything they've done for two years because they got to make sure Cody Rhodes gets his moment at WrestleMania. Well, what I'm wondering is do you have a situation where, say, Cody wins on night one, one of the belts, and – you come back with Jey Uso on night two. And, you know, I, I think it's intriguing that they've kind of pulled Jay out. This is rounding out that storyline from all those years ago. And I almost wonder if something's going to happen on night one that will cost Roman the heavyweight championship. And then you set up Jay and... Roman and Roman on night two for the universal Championship. for the universal championship with all this conflict in the bloodline and Sammy flying around and everything else. Uh, you know, I'm I'm guessing you know they're saying that Sammy and Kevin are probably going to win the tag titles. Well, it's funny because uh, you have the Usos have to have to put up the tag titles this coming Friday against uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Not suggesting that Strowman and Ricochet are going to win. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do if they have the Usos together or if it's going to be Jimmy and Solo Sokoa defending the titles. Yeah, we'll see. But I I just I think that would be a great way to round this out. You know, Because if Cody won a championship shot, you could kind of use that and say, well, he's getting a shot at X belt. You know, but-, but they've already said he's getting the belt. He's getting a shot at what's there. Now it's like that was the whole gimmick of winning the Royal Rumble. You get to become, you know, the opponent for the for the whole Universal Championship. You're going to just change it three weeks before and say, oh, by the way, uh, for the first time ever that since we've unified the belts, we're only going to put one belt on the line. I don't know if people are going to buy that. Well, they may. I have don't to. buy it. They may have to. <laughs> they may have to. But we, we've still got two months before WrestleMania happens. So there's plenty of time for twists and turns, boys. That's for sure. Yeah, that's what that's what's going to make. That's the only thing that's intriguing about the elimination chamber: the fact that they're making the chamber match for the universal uh, for the heavy uh, U.S. hit championship makes it like I don't care. Well, thank goodness the Rock won't be there. So (laughs) he's busy. He can't get in shape. Can't get. He's not. Well, you know how many losses. You know how is if if he's there. I would have to have him wrestle The Rock on night one and beat him and then lose if he's going to lose to Cody on night two. This is, you know, to have him lose night one, it's kind of like pointless. Yeah, well, welcome to Booking 101, kids. Have fun. Yeah, Rob Fee, you got your work cut out for you. Yeah. Well, where's Gabe Zapowski? I can help out. Tell him I'll, I'll work. I'll, I'll I'll work for a reduced rate, and I'll I'll put together the a mania for them. Yeah, because they, they've kind of cornered. The, and you're right; they've kind of cornered themselves because they had to have the the Sami Zayn Roman Reigns match at the Elimination Chamber. Because that's the only pay per view before a mania. Correct? Exa- exactly, and not like that. But Zayn can't win because they've set up Rhodes and Reigns for WrestleMania. Right. It's in, I think they should do it's in Montreal. I think they should do like a, a Montreal screw, screw job, job too. Yeah. I think they should. 
Well, I you, think that'll play into it. You never know. I mean, I, 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 I think that there are so many different ways this could go uh, at Elimination Chamber, and this this will probably be the most viewed Elimination Chamber that we've but ever I'm, seen. I'm, ve- I'm very disappointed that the Chamber match is not as important. That the, the importance of the Chamber match has been completely diminished. Well, it's in Montreal. It's in Sami Zayn's hometown. Would you rather see an Elimination Chamber match with Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, and four other guys, or would you rather see Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn in his hometown for the heavyweight championship? No, I, I get I get why they had to do it, but this is a problem with Roman Reigns holding both belts. If there were two separate belts, you could have had Reigns and Zayn for one of the belts and the other belt on the line for the Elimination Chamber. I disagree. You're blaming the wrong person. You need to blame Cody Rhodes. Well, it's always Cody not Roman, fault. It's not Roman Reigns' fault. This is what they wanted. Oh, to I do. didn't say it was Roman Reigns' and, and, fault. It's, and, this is creator's fault for booking him well, as, right. the univer- as the as the as uh, the undisputed unified title holder. I think it would still fine with the title holder. I think it's by having to insert Cody Rhodes. It's kind of it, like I said. It's destroyed the storyline. It's it's over now. It has to be over by elimination chamber because now he's going on to something else. Yeah, right. Because no one's because and no offense to Sami Zayn, but no one's going to pay to see Cody Rhodes versus Sami Zayn at main event WrestleMania. No, no, sure. Yeah, see, I would have no. done. I would have done something to pull pull the heavyweight championship off. Yeah, I agree. Off Roman at, at elimination chamber and you know made the made the move so you could take care of that and Cody would be wrestling somebody else. And you could have said, I mean, and how many great matchups could you have had with that? So, yeah, I mean, it, guys, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. This is part of a. We got Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, we got that. Well, and then after Mania, we got to have sitting there with uh, Cody Rhodes as the heavyweight champion. Boy, I can't wait to see the feuds for that. <laughs> oh, this, no, this... no, no offense, but there's, you know, they they, they brought it back. It, 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 Things are organic. It's organic. Sami Zayn's organic. Cody Rhodes came back. It was the biggest deal. And then he got hurt, and it was like, instead of, like, rebuilding him, it's just like, okay, we're going to make believe he wasn't gone for nine months or whatever he was. And it's just like, we're back to the status quo. And it's like, things change. When Finn Balor was the, the universal champion and the first one, and he came back, guess what? They had to rebuild him again because the excitement wasn't there. I, like, you know, maybe, maybe maybe Cody Rhodes, and I'm totally wrong, Cody Rhodes is the guy. But I, I personally think that it's flat now. You know, you could always have Cody lose at WrestleMania and then push it to SummerSlam. You could. There's, yeah, they this probably is, should. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is part of the fun of professional wrestling, guys. Is everybody out there is trying to figure out what's going on and writing the scripts and because, well, you know, but, he loses but, at WrestleMania and then next night on Raw because they always have the same matches anyway. He, he so wins. what's the point? He wins on Raw. Well, it's a lot of things you can do. Well, we're gonna talk more WWE and, and AEW and some other things happening in the wrestling world. Of course, uh we lost uh, a longtime fan favorite as well, and we'll talk to you about Leaping Lanny Poffo and his I'll legacy. I'll never find out why scene. he had the two B trunks. No, you're not. So, um, but I do want to mention before we hit the break, real quick, if you're out there driving around Las Vegas and you need something to eat, get on over to Unique Eats. I'll tell you what, great breakfast and omelets, award winning international competition pizzas, pasta, uh, all sorts of fantastic food 
and smoothie bar, vegetarian. They do catering as well. And get this tonight, guys. And by the way, they're doing dinners on Thursdays. Can't forget that. But get this. We've got a three a five-course February wine dinner meal tonight at Unique Eats. Scallop crudo, some caprese salad, lobster caprese, bis, caprese. Uh, Dover Soleil with lump crab, beef tenderloin, and uh, a white chocolate almond raspberry cake tonight at Unique Eats. Dinner time's at 6 p.m. So you can get on over there tonight and have an award-winning dinner at Unique Eats. Of course, that is at uh, 3100 South Durango Suite 100. So get on over there now, and if you want to take the take the significant other out for a dinner tonight, man, you will not go wrong, and it's going to be something special. So check it out at Unique Eats, and website is uniqueeatslb.com. All right, when we come back, more news from around the wrestling world. So stick around, everybody. We'll be right back. One zero one five FM K Don. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. And we are back on the Mark Hoke Show, the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment from around the planet. As we follow the twists and turns of the world of professional wrestling, I'm Mark Hoke, along with. Andrew Fish Fane and Joe DeFalco. Fish, what's going on? Just another beautiful Sunday here in Vegas. Another beautiful Sunday. And and Joe, I, I wanted to give you kudos for another terrific FSW card. My friend, the belts were flying all over the place last night. Unbelievable. You, Three title changes. You you decided to take out the laundry and uh, you know get get everything cleaned up in there, huh? New Year, you know, uh, it's time to make moves. Uh, the Ice Age is in Vegas. Yeah, tell tell everybody a little bit about what happened on the card. Uh, well, we had our yearly event. It's called No Escape, where initially we started with, you know, doing the first ever, probably 11 years ago, steel cage match. And at the time, uh, Alcatraz, who's a, a, you know, a SoCal legend, wrestled all over the world, moved to Vegas, and he became part of FSW. And we had a local guy, uh, Tyshawn Prince, about six foot six, 400 pounds. And it was time to make that guy the star, and we did. And then we fast-forwarded and uh, had Hammerstone, who started with us as a young pup and has stuck around, one of the most loyal guys you'll ever uh, have and be a part of a company, you know, being blessed to have guys like Cross and Chris Bay. Well, we trained them, so it's a little easier to get that loyalty out of people. But Hammerstone was a guy out of Arizona that I, you know, saw through some videos of other people I knew in probably 2010 or 11. And we brought him into the fold, and we watched as he grew into now being the MLW heavyweight champion. And he still continues to make FSW a priority at a a rate that people would wish that they got a guy like Hammerstone for. And we just felt the time was right. Ice Williams, uh, you know, hot young prospect, trained 
by us, probably 25 years old. And uh, he won the won the title that Hammerstone's held since the pandemic, and he's held it before. So he's our longest reigning champion. I made a post on Facebook. He is the greatest champion FSW has ever had as a person and, and everything that's there. And then the faction won the tag belts, and and your guy Danny Limelight stole the No Limits Championship uh, as a mystery man entered the arena, and it might have been Fish. Because somebody came out and threw, well, not that Fish could throw anybody, but he pushed them <laughs> off the uh, top rope. And many people believe it might have been Fish that cost uh, Matt Vandegrift the No Limits Championship. That is the rumor Vegas. going around Vegas right now. Yes, yes. You know, uh, the guy from the Westgate, he's listed you as a minus 120 favorite for the guy that has done it. Wow. <laughs> I did it for The Rock. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, but it was a so, great. Yeah, we got a big show. Yeah, we got a big show coming up next uh, next Saturday night. Uh, Jay Vidal, another one of our students who just recently signed with Impact. We're doing our Wall of Fame ceremony, and uh, we're going to have the faction celebration so we got big things. You were talking about AEW Weekend. Uh, part of AEW Weekend last year, we had what was called Full Tilt Weekend. We had GCW in there and, and Sammy Callahan's Revolver and, and Black Label Pro. And right now we're talking with Defy and Booker T. And we're also looking to fill in the dates because with AEW, they're going to do Dynamite on Wednesday, Rampage on Friday, the pay-per-view on Sunday. So we're going to be in between, since there's going to be so many wrestling fans in town, that we'll be doing stuff Thursday, uh, Friday, and Saturday, and, and probably like we did last year, FSW and GCW 2 on that Sunday afternoon at about 10 a.m. I mean, uh, 12 at, at about noon, because the pay-per-view starts at 5. So we're expecting a big, big, huge weekend. And we actually just got a deal put together with future legends and we're going to have a big tournament. So we're looking for like the best talent under 25 to, you know, in a, in a tournament to crown uh, uh, who will be the next future legend. So it's going to be wrestlers from all over the United States that are under 25 that are highly recommended. So, you know, we're excited about what's coming forth. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. So a, a lot of great stuff happening here in the Las Vegas wrestling scene. And, uh, of course, you know, the, the loss for Hammerstone, a big one. As Ice Williams is, uh, you know, going to be making some probably national news with that win, getting a, a big crazy win over Hammerstone, even though it was a little a little bit of outside interference. Just a tad. But, yeah, but I'll but, tell you yeah. what, Ice is, uh, he's on the radar. Uh, Gabe Sapowski from WWE, who was down, uh, just got word. Uh, there's a show, the guy we know, Manny Lemons, in Utah in February, where Gabe's going to be going over there to scout. And they're trying to, he's uh, wanting to get Ice on the, on the card there because he's definitely a prospect that the uh, WWE uh, is looking at it. And before that, we got our next Mecca, and we've already signed the main event. It's Chris Bay and John Morrison. So There you go. That one's going to be one to dig your teeth into. Uh, well, speaking of signing some other matches, mm -hmm. apparently we've got some rumors coming out of WWE about WrestleMania. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, apparently John Cena's opponent is going to be Austin Theory. Not sure if it'll be for the U.S. title or not, but the distinct possibility Mr. Theory will still be holding on to that 
felt going into WrestleMania. Guys, your thoughts on John Cena versus Austin Theory at WrestleMania. Fish? That could be an... It doesn't move the needle at all for me. I I just don't care. <laughs> you know, it, it's... You know, I it, it's good. Whether it's for the United States title or not doesn't matter. It the match itself could be a good match, but it doesn't seem WrestleMania like WrestleMania worthy to me. Joe, what are your thoughts on that? I like it. I, I think if Austin Theory is going to be a guy that's going to be talked about as a future champion, you know, not the I'm not counting the U.S. title. That's 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 a garbage title. Bottom line is you need to be the heavyweight champion, and I think Austin Theory is a guy who can be in that mix. And as long as John Cena puts him over, you know, we've seen in the past where the the hot shots, the guys that were getting the big push, they'd step in with Cena, and Cena would end up beating him, which did nothing for that guy. So, you know, hopefully this is a moment. You know, I'd rather see Austin Theory beat John Cena than wrestle Logan Paul. Yeah. Uh, the match that has been rumored that I am excited about is the Intercontinental title match, the three-way it's supposed to be between Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that one's a possibility yeah, that's it's coming around. Um, not, conf- I, I didn't hear any major confirmation on that yet. They've been, they've been trying to decide what to do with Gunther. I've been hearing Brock Lesnar and so many other possibilities for Gunther. And, uh, of course, they had that amazing performance at the Royal Rumble on uh, last weekend going an hour and 10 minutes. Pretty impressive job by him. Right, but him against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, and and I know you didn't want to use this term, but that would be a banger. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, you know, if they made it a four-way with Karrion Cross, oh, wait, he had to win a match to get to that spot. Forget it. Hey, he may may win the the fatal four-way on Friday at uh, SmackDown there to get a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Yeah. Because who are you going to do it? You're not going to give it to Madcap Moss winning it. No, because you got Mysterio, and he ain't going to win it. And who's the fourth guy? That fish, who is it? Uh, that's a good question. I just saw it's, it, too. It's, Mad, it's Madcap Moss, Mysterio, Cross, and... and I can't remember who the fourth guy is. Which is a shame, because if Cross isn't winning, that's the guy who is going to win it. Yeah, that'll be that'll be an intriguing match coming up. Um, the... The other match that uh hearing uh, something about is going to be involving Ronda Rousey. And, you know, don't cringe, everybody, because I actually think this one might be okay. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler would be challenging damage control for the Women's Tag Team Championships. I like that team. I think Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are a pretty good group, and I think you can kind of keep Ronda's shortcomings. Why would, why would we cringe about that? Why would why would why would that be a cringe worthy moment? Well, I'm just saying some people don't really like what Ronda Rousey's doing, so I think it's a great way to, to get Baszler more recognition. You know, for right. a while they were gonna make her a main person and then Vince didn't like her. Uh, Fish, what are your thoughts on that possible matchup? As long as Baszler and Ronda Rousey don't cut any promos, I think it's great. Wow. Just laying it right down there, huh? Ronda Rousey, you know, you're supposed to get better at this in time, and she has not. She is absolutely brutal on the microphone. Why is Charlotte Flair good? She's terrible, too. Eesh. Yeah, I have to say that I was watching SmackDown uh, last night and just 
Sonia and was cringeworthy. Yeah, that Sonia Deville was Sonia Deville was pretty good, and Charlotte was just kind of eh. It was, it was, and and, yeah. and it could be maybe because she is not a baby face in any way, and it's a real struggle. Yeah, and she I, is terrible as a baby face. Yeah, I think she really does she have really trouble does have being. Trouble. The good guy in this, guy. it just doesn't seem to really click with her, you know, trying to, I mean, Sonia said something and all Charlotte said was, yeah, just keep talking. And I'm like, the the other Charlotte Flair would have ripped her head off. So, well, it's why, it's, it's why Shawn Michaels could never have been a good baby face because naturally he's as arrogant as arrogant can be. And you could see the fakeness. And with Charlotte Flair, I, I, Charlotte Flair is like, if I feel like it's fake. And when you're watching wrestling and suspending belief, it's like, uh, yeah, she's not like that. She's not that person. She could care less about the fans. You walk up to her and nobody's around and there's no cameras. She's not even looking at you and walking away. Yeah. So, so that'll be interesting. And of course we're going to be soon getting, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania as uh, Rhea Ripley, of course, won the Royal Rumble. So we'll be getting ready for that. And I have a, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be rooting for Rhea to win that match. Oh, absolutely. And and it's funny because she's not obviously supposed to be a, a, a face, but I think that Charlotte, you, you guys are right. I think people are tired of Charlotte at this point. And I mean, Rhea even said so in her promo. It's like Charlotte's different. Charlotte just comes back and she is what she is. Yeah, so I, I, but I, I, I think one thing that we're seeing out of a lot of wrestling fans, it, it's not as clear cut as it used to be with the heel face um, dynamic. Now people just get behind the wrestler that they like, that they're respecting, and taking that to another level. You see a lot of that in AEW. I mean, you know, Jamie Hayter was supposed to be the bad girl. She ends up everybody loving her to death, and it got her pushed to winning the championship. And Sam, by the way, Santos Escobar is the fourth guy in the Fatal Four Way. Okay. Uh, yeah, he ain't winning it. Uh, I, I was cross. If Cross does not win that match, then you know we may be seeing a March twenty sixth at Mega Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take our last break, and when we come back. Again, we will revisit the legacy of Leaping Lanny Poffo and uh, a, a couple other news bits as uh, we wrap up the show. We want to thank everybody for being with us. By the way, don't forget, check us out at MarkHokeShow.com. A lot of stuff going on there on the website. And, of course, the podcast at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com. Twitter, Mark Hoke Show. Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. Stick around for more. We'll be right back. Tired of the same boring food when you're out for breakfast or lunch? I'm Mark Hoke, and I have an idea for a different place to go with unique food you're sure to enjoy, and that's Unique Eats. Take some time out of your busy day and stop on in to Unique Eats, featuring celebrity chef Dominic Tedesco and his friendly staff. Whether it's a great start to your day with one of Unique Eats' amazing omelets, or lunch with his incredible sandwiches, pasta, and award-winning pizzas, you'll be in for a fantastic dining experience that won't break the bank. Unique Eats also features a smoothie bar and full vegetarian menu as well. 
Plus, if you need catering, you can count on Unique Eats no matter what the occasion. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to Unique Eats at 3100 South Durango, Suite 100, open daily until 3 p.m. Call them at 702-992-3038 or visit UniqueEatsLV.com for their full menu and catering info. Break out of the same old routine and have a great meal at Unique Eats today. 1015 FM KDON. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas, The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. And we've got one more segment to roll out here for you on The Mark Hoke Show on KDWN. Very you can't cool. teach that. No, you can't. Mark Hoke, Joe DeFalco, and Andrew Fishfane doing our thing here. The best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. And, uh, you know, we kind of hyped this up a little bit during the show and want to take a second and and reflect on the career and life of one of the, probably one of the most underrated guys in pro wrestling, and that is Leaping Lanny Poffo, of course, the son of the great promoter Angelo Poffo and the brother of Randy Savage, uh, you know, of course, did some amazing work down in the... uh, Mid-South area had the IWA promotion where he and Randy really cut their teeth before they ended up going to Memphis. And then Lanny heading into the WWE first as the poet laureate of the WWE and then becoming the genius. Uh, Probably the biggest match that he had on WWE was the match on Saturday night's main event where he got the count out win on Hulk Hogan when Kurt Heading interfered and then, it really went from you know wrestling to being more of a manager, uh, you know managed Kurt for a long time, and then uh, actually did sign a WCW contract where they were trying to make him into the next Gorgeous George, which Randy Savage had actually bought the gimmick, and I did, I didn't know you could buy a gimmick like that, but okay. And uh, Lanny trained and trained for it, and they had him on TV one time, and that was it. He was, and, and he got a, he got a four year contract apparently and to do nothing, and they just didn't use him and then you know kind of faded from the scene and we didn't really see him until uh, Randy was inducted in the Hall of Fame. But uh, you know, guys, your thoughts on Lanny Poffo and and his impact on professional wrestling? Well, you know, he he was the the genius before Damian Sandow, so yeah, which I and I and I love the genius gimmick for him. But I will say this: at the time, because there was no internet and, and I wasn't as savvy, I didn't realize that him and Macho Man Randy Savage were brothers. Because you know, one was Lanny Poffo, and if you didn't know Savage's real name, it was just Randy Savage. So you didn't realize it. And he he always spoke highly of Randy, obviously. And Lanny Poffo, to me, is one of the most underrated wrestlers in history because he he did a lot of good things. He was one of the for a long time he was a good guy jobber for the WWE. So he'd lose to the bad guys. And I just I I loved his work. I thought there was they could have gotten more out of him and they didn't. Joe, what are your thoughts on Lanny Poffo? I'll be honest, I was never a big fan of leaping Lanny Poffo, but I I know of what he did before, and they said he was one of the first guys to really incorporate that high-flying style, obviously, leaping Lanny Poffo, which I wasn't aware of till much later. You know, I I remember the story of uh, him being signed to WCW. I heard it was a requirement when Savage signed that Lanny Poffo had to get a contract. 
And I didn't even know he showed up one time. I thought he didn't show up at all, and he was basically being paid because you want Randy Savage, you have to pay my brother too. And the one thing about Lanny Poffo is after the career was over, you know, there, there's a lot of people that I know that I talk into the wrestling circles, and there was a good number of them that became very friendly with them, and, and they loved that guy. You know, they had nothing but great things to say about Lanny Poffo, but, you know, that was outside, you know, him being part of WWE anymore, you know, and I saw a few of the tributes to him, and, and it was more based on that, that he was, you know, easygoing dude, you know, would, you know, you'd message him or you'd talk. These are random people that I know that are, you know, minutely involved in the wrestling business. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd talk to Lanny every couple of weeks, once a month, whatever. And there was a lot of people like that. And then, you know, from what I understand, he, I've never met, I never met the man. But, you know, I was told he was a great guy. And if, if you listen to our interview with B. Brian Blair, you would know that it was because of Leaping Lanny Papa that we had the Killer Bees. Sort of. They had the trunks. The, I still don't know why he had two pair of bee trunks in his gear. Oh, I thought it was because their last names ended in B, so they were the Killer Bees. Yeah, that the, the, the trunks kind of were the extra adornment. But that was interesting that he had those. And, you know, it's funny because I, I remember when I first started watching wrestling that I would read about Lanny and, you know, I was really excited when he came to WWE because all the stuff that I had seen about him was absolutely fascinating. I'm like, man, this guy, you know, is a high flyer. He's going to, you know, he's smart. He's going to bring a, a lot to WWE. And, you know, they just kind of underutilized him, him, had him coasting along and, you know, Vince never really saw him as a main event guy. I mean, I I was a little surprised when they did the the poetry thing when he first came in, and I'm like, eh. I, I mean, I was even a, a kid, and uh, that was the, that was the genius stuff. Was the poetry thing, wasn't it? No, he was the poet laureate first, oh, and okay. then when he turned heel, he became the he, be, he became the genius. Then he became he became a genius from reading all that poetry. Yeah, well, he, he was a poet, but it, it didn't know it. I I wish. I, it would have been more. It would have been fun to see him get a better push. I think you know he he might have been a, a decent contender for the IC title at some point. But you know they ended up you know having him. You know it was a good pairing with him and Kurt Hennig, and you know that lasted quite a while. And he did get some high profile matches. But you know I I but I think a lot of people feel like his legacy was more outside the ring and a lot of the things that he did. And you know I I never read a bad word about Lanny Poffo at all and you know saw some things about you know how he was kind of the go between between Hogan and Savage a lot of times you know trying to keep that relationship as stable as possible anyway between those two egos that's got to be a little difficult yeah i'm sure it was so you know but a, a, an unbelievable career and if you go back and look at some of the things that he did you know some great you know had a great feud with when he teamed with Rick Rude against the the Rock and Roll Express back in those days and you know, it was something else, and uh, you know, but everybody uh, always had a good word to say about him. And you know, he's a guy that you, know, you don't think about as one of the all-time greats, but then when he kind of pops in your head, like, yeah, man, he was he was pretty good. So he's only sixty-eight, right? Yeah, um, died of heart failure. So, oh, is that what it was? I was going to ask because I never heard anything of the of the reasoning. Yeah, it was it was you know, heart the cause failure. of death. Yeah. So, uh, which yeah, and it was like sad, his brother. 
because I, I followed him on um, on Facebook and would see a lot of the you know the pictures. He was down in Ecuador, I think, living down there, and just everything seemed pretty cool. But I guess it just goes to show you just never know when your number is going to come up. But um, our condolences out to the the Poffo family and all of uh, the friends of uh, Lanny Poffo, and you know wish. Uh, wish them all the best in their time of grieving. Uh, Lanny passing away on Thursday at the age of sixty-eight. Did they do so, anything on SmackDown for it, or did they? Even, was it even mentioned on SmackDown? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I didn't yeah, see it. Actually, during one of the matches, which was weird, it was like they didn't do anything, and then all of a sudden Michael Cole came out during the match. I forgot which match it was, and he was like, "Oh, I just want to give our condolences." It was like, "Oh, I thought." I, I would have thought that Lanny Poffo was deserving at least of the, you know, the in memoriam the, the card. picture in the beginning and the memoriam, they, which I believe they did for Jay Briscoe, who never worked for the company. And Lanny Poffo, who was there for years, and Savage's brother, it was just like a five-second mention uh, during a match, which was odd to me. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll do something on I'm Raw. About to say, I'm maybe. guessing they'll do something on Raw, but we'll see. They, they got three hours to fill Raw. It's only two hours on SmackDown. Yeah, so we will. We yeah, will that, five, that five seconds really would have took away from the show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So and so, that's why we love Joe. There you go. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So I think it's uh, you know we pretty much are going to be wrapping it up. So hey, we want to thank everybody for being a, a part of the show. And then big thanks to Tony Khan for coming on. We'll have those podcasts up as fast as we can for you. As uh, we got to hear from the president of All Elite Wrestling, uh, thanks to Joe and Fish for being on the show. We do appreciate it. You guys, don't forget, hey, we would love to get you following us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. Go to the website, markhokeshow.com. Download those podbeans. They're, uh, uh, podcasts they are everywhere. The main site is markhokeshow.podbean.com. Hey, hey, Fish, you hey, Fish, you betting the flag football game today? Uh, yeah, I got. Uh, I don't even know oh. the names of the teams. I can't even come up with a joke about it. Oh, it's Manning Mania over there at Legion Stadium. All right, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube too. And we're going to put some new YouTube content up there shortly, so keep an eye on that. Thanks everybody for being with us on the Mark Hoke Show. We will see you next week. Have a great day, Las Vegas. the mark hoke show follow us on twitter at mark hoke show like us on facebook at the mark hoke show and visit mark to keep up with everything happening with the show and remember to check out all of our archive shows on youtube at the mark hoke show and download our podcasts at mark and all your favorite podcast outlets so join the mark hoke show family today and thanks for listening